Hey friends, before we jump into this episode of Film on the Rocks, we just want to let you guys know that our Patreon is now in full swing at patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. We have a $2 tier to become one of our drinking buddies, Water School 2. This includes early access to episodes, bonus episodes, polls for what we cover, and so much more. So come check it out. Once again, that is patreon.com forward slash film on the rocks. Check the show notes for our links. I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. The family is truly desperate, and when people get desperate, the knives come out. Does having a kind heart make you a good nurse? How was it? The party? Pre-my dad's death? Oh, it was great. Ramsey? Oh, damn it. Rams? <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Ransom? Damn it! Ransom? Are you back again already? <laughs> That's all staying in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. It's a weird case from the start. A case with a hole in the center. A donut. This is an interesting and efficient method of murder. I must write this down. That was the dumbest car chase of all time. What is this, CSI KFC? My house, my rules, my coffee, our podcast. This is Phil on the Rocks, and we are talking about Knives Out. Yes. I'm Brucker, and this is Film on the Rocks, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Levi. Levi, how you doing? I'm good, Brucker. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about Knives Out. And if you're new to the show, we are a movie podcast, and our motto is that movies are fun, and we like to have fun with movies. We don't necessarily go beat by beat uh, to break down the movies. We like to talk about our favorite scenes, some drinking rules, mm-hmm. spring- sprinkle in trivia whenever we can. And then at the end, we always debate whether or not uh, this movie deserves a sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. Each week, Levi and myself will guide you through this movie of choosing. And this week, I am so excited to talk about the Ryan Johnson 2019 murder mystery whodunit Knives Out. This mm. movie has a cr- incredible cast, Levi. Yeah, it really does. This movie stars James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does. Captain America, Laurie Strode, she... Mm. escape the clutches of Michael Myers to come to this murder house. Mm-hmm. And then that evil prick from Krypton, Michael Shannon's here. And then oh some gosh. new faces. Of course, this movie. And, <laughs> and Captain Von Trapp. Captain Von Trapp. Of course. Can't forget about Captain Von Trapp, Brooker. Of course, I'm talking about this movie stars Daniel Craig, Anna De Amaris, Chris Evans, Christopher Plummer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, and Don Johnson, just to name mm. a few. Mm. This movie made $302 million worldwide and made $70 million in its opening weekend. Dang, man. I, I don't know if I realized that it was that successful. Yeah, and I know that you and I both saw this in theaters. What were your initial impressions uh, after seeing this for the first time? Oh, I loved it. I mean, so <laughs> there was a part of me that went because it's... Has there been a film in between... I know it keeps coming up. Between Last Jedi and this one that Ryan Johnson did? What? what no. Did he, 
No, he actually, no. as soon as he got done, as soon as he wrapped Last Jedi, he said, all right, it's time to pull the trigger on this movie. And he said, well, I pull, I definitely have destroyed this franchise. Maybe I can Jeez. build a new one. And he went, here we go. <laughs> here we go. You see, this is how it's going to go. It, it's going to be Levi, because this is a whodunit. The whole episode's going to be Levi going, it was Ryan Johnson at Skywalker Ranch with the camera. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's right. No, that's a hundred percent right. I watched it with my own eyes. No, oh my gosh, murdered some. But uh, okay, for the record, I did go see it because I've seen, uh, I've kept track of Ryan Johnson before uh, he did Rise of Skywalker, or uh, excuse me, of uh, uh, The Force Awakens or whatever it is. Last Jedi, I sober named up. them all except that one. <laughs> I named all of them. Uh, before The Last Jedi, and I was really excited for him to direct Last Jedi. And so I was like, you know what? He's a good director. I want to give him another chance. Went to go see Knives Out. Knew it was some sort of whodunit or something like that. And I loved it. It was such a fun ride. I was, I felt bad. I, Rachel and I were leaving the theater, and I told her, I said, I said, man, I kind of feel, I kind of feel bad for just bagging on ryan johnson so much because that was a really really good movie you know he definitely hasn't lost his touch oh no absolutely not and i mean he it's funny that you know the first thing that comes to people's mind is you know the from the director that brought you the last jedi brings you knives sure. out I, you know, I own this movie now and it you know came with all these bonus features and as i've said before i am that guy who loves to watch the behind the scenes and the bonus features that come on dvds and whatnot um, yeah. so there's this, there's this awesome two hour documentary of how this movie got made in that. And you best believe I watch every second of that. And I will again in the future. <laughs> um, but, um, he, it was interesting cause he did compare the, the process of knives out to last Jedi a lot. And he said, you know, it was very different cause you know, last Jedi, it was four years total of filmmaking for that movie. You know, it was what? four years, you know, that includes, you know, writing, getting the actors together, you know, um, getting fixing the script, getting the set, post-production, everything. And mm -hmm. it's also secretive, you know, because it's Star Wars. But he said for this, this was a very quick and rapid process. Mm. Um, he said that he had the idea for this Agatha Christie-esque murder mystery 10 years ago. Um now, he didn't elaborate as, like, how much he wanted to do, like, how much of it was in his head 10 years ago. But he says, I've been wanting to do this for 10 years, basically. Mm. And as soon as he got done with Last Jedi, he said, you know what? It's time to do it. Uh, mm. I want to do it now. And he spent six months writing the script, as he says that um, that's quick for him. And him and his producer, they got, they got the funding and everything. And they decided to start... At like the time of the year that they started filming, they had to like wrap it up before the end of the year, I believe. So they had, uh, they only had six weeks to make the movie. And oh wow! Or, yes, and as soon as that six week Clark started, I'm sorry, as soon as that six week clock started, they didn't have a cast, they didn't have a set, they they didn't have any money. They had six weeks to get this done, and so to me, it's an incredible feat of just how how much how, how i mean it's a complex story with lots of moving parts and, and you know, this, this cast this cast is star studded how did he get this oh, cast yeah. together in less than six weeks and still make an entire movie that's insane 
he said that the key to this was that Daniel Craig was actually the first person that they got. Wow. Um, there was something with the new James Bond movie. It either got delayed or maybe he wrapped it early. I, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but anyways, Daniel Craig became available. And so he... He, you know, they, they talked to him and Daniel Craig said he loved the script. He said he, in, in his own words, he uh, belly laughed at the script every wow. time he read it. And he's like, oh man, this is awesome. And then once he got Daniel Craig on board, it was very easy to yeah. get other people interested in this. And Jamie Lee Curtis even admits to this. She said, soon, you know, she said, I'll admit to it. I heard Daniel Craig was inter- interested in this movie. It made me interested in it. Yeah. You get, um, you get the big stars in and then the other stars, you know, oh, granted, there's a lot of big stars in this movie, but you say mm-hmm. James Bond is in this movie and then they're like, oh, right. we also got Captain America. We also got, you know, like there's, I mean, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people in this. And uh, what's actually interesting, you said Captain America, Chris Evans, uh, they didn't actually approach him. Chris Evans came to them asking to do this. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and you know he thought it was fun. I'm pretty sure deep down inside he wanted to do something different. You know he wanted to be the bad guy for once. You know? Sure. Uh, I'm. He didn't say that, but I'm sure that could have been some sort of motivation. Because um, I mean, other than awesome. have you seen uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World? I actually haven't. He plays one of the boyfriends in that movie, and he's kind of a jerk. I say kind of a jerk. He is. He's a d bag for sure. But other than that role. In real life, apparently he's a super duper sweet guy. Oh, I and he it. plays your quintessential like American hero, like white picket fence, a wife and two kids, dog in the front yard, served in the war, you know, goes to church every Sunday, kind of American. Uh, in Marvel as Captain America, so I'm sure that I mean I'm sure just to kind of flex your flex your acting muscles a little bit and just to be like I want to be a bad guy. Like an actual bad guy. Yes. And like, not even like pretending, right. you know, he's like, he, he's kind of a prick, you know, throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, you know, sure. He's telling his family to eat shit, which I'm sure was just like, I'm, I'm sure it was just euphoric sure. for some people to see <laughs> Captain America do this. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, it was just great. The whole cast was awesome. Uh, Michael Shannon too. Oh, we need to give him some love. Oh my god! Michael Shannon. Shannon was awesome in this. He he was Walt uh, in this. He was the uh, the the baby brother of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, Walt Thromby. He was just. I don't know what it is about Michael Shannon, but I love the way he talks. He he always sounds like he's packing a, packing a D in his mouth. You know, he always sounds like he's dipping tobacco. Yeah. Or something. And I just. I know. I I think yeah. he's. I in my opinion, I think he was the most captivating. Other than um. The woman who plays Marta, Anna D. Armas. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than her, she her like she has she was a great she is a great face actor, and oh absolutely you can, she just pulls you in. Other than her, I think that Michael Shannon was the was the best actor in this movie. Yeah, really, I loved okay. it. I thought he was amazing. I think I would have Marta one. It, Chris Evans and Daniel Craig are kind of tied for two, in my opinion. Mm. And then, oh shoot, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting Christopher Plummer. He was really good in this too. Christopher Plummer it's hard was to say. really good. Gosh, maybe he's a three way tie. Maybe with Christopher Plummer, Chris Evans, and Daniel Craig. Maybe. Oh man, it was good. It, it, see, it, see, this is why this movie's so yeah. good. We're having a hard time deciding who was the best. Marta was the clear who front so runner though. Marta, Marta oh, yeah. was number one. She, I cannot, I because is she is she in anything else? 
Um, that's a good question. I actually don't know. Um, here, let me let me look that I'm gonna up. Take a peek. She's in. Uh, okay. I have not seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She's in that. Uh, and okay. she's also in. She's gonna be in No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. Really? Yep. Oh shit! And this movie called uh, Blonde that also comes out in twenty twenty. Oh, it's the oh, it's the life of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh wow. my gosh! Is she playing Marilyn Monroe? Is that what it says? I'm looking. I don't. Uh, no, wait. No, buffering, I don't think she's playing buffering, buffering. Wait, I think she does. She does play Marilyn Monroe. She does play Marilyn Monroe. Oh, Fantastic. that's great! I, I'm just so, I'm so excited. This is, that's gonna be great. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Fantastic. Good. Congrats for Ana de Amaris. That that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, because it says and it so, says she plays Norma Jean, which I'm like, that's not Marilyn Monroe, but that's Marilyn Monroe's birth name. That was her given name. Oh, I, I learn something new every day. Double check that, but yeah, she and she's she's beautiful. She'll play a great. She's got a great face for Marilyn Monroe. She's wonderful and just oh gosh, she's gonna be great. Yeah, I could go on and on. She was the biggest surprise. Right, and she was wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. She was probably one of the biggest surprises from this movie because she did a killer job. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, she didn't do a killer job. <laughs> spoiler alert. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie is so much fun. Yeah. Um, I love. Obviously, I love whodunits. It, mm. I say obviously if you listen to other episodes. I love whodunits. Mm. I love mystery, and I love trying to you know piece together the clues and everything. You know, are you are you the audience member smart enough to figure out what's going on here? Mm. Um, and what is so fun about Knives Out is that this is both. I think Ryan Johnson kind of like doing a love letter to Agatha Christie because. Agatha Christie kind of pretty much invented this whole genre oh, yeah. and architecture of a whodunit. Oh, yeah. So you have your elements of you have a gathering of people to a single location. So here everybody's gathering to the murder mansion, mm-hmm. the Thromby mansion for the reading of the will um, and funeral. Or you can even talk about the birthday yeah, it was party, the party too. Yeah. yeah, it was the birthday party. Um, somebody dies and everyone there is a suspect. Mm. And you have this grade A detective, but the detective is not driving the narrative. Mm. It's some other B character that you're following. And here we're following Marta instead of following Daniel Craig. And it's it's funny. It's witty. It's clever. um, And I definitely think that there are clues that you could pick up throughout this movie. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm. Um, And but what Johnson did while still keeping it this agatha christie-esque plot he flips it on its head and he tells you this is what happened Mm. very early in the movie surprisingly early i remember when i was watching this i was thinking because when they're going through marta's story and she in her head recounts the her mixing up the the morphine and, and the other medicine and how she overdosed uh uh harlan thromby on accident and you're going and so it flips on his head, going, "Oh wow, you're so the the mystery isn't who killed him; it's oh wow, how is she going to get away with yeah. this?" And so it's making you sympathize with what you think, who you think is the murderer, and you're hoping that she evades this detective, uh, Detective Blanc. 
Um, it really flips it on its head, and it's really fun. Um, and that's something that I really like about this movie. It's it's different. Yeah. In that in that aspect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it to follow the perceived. I mean, at the beginning, it was unintentional, but if you accidentally shoot someone with a gun, you still shoot someone with a gun. So she was like the murder. She was mm-hmm. a murderer. Um, unintentional manslaughter or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of gives you this. And that's the, the funny thing is like, or the, the, the difficult thing with the whole process is like, she's a really, she's a really sweet person. Like she's like, Oh yeah. She's, she's a, a good really, nurse. She's a good nurse and she's a sweet, she's a sweet gal. So to see all this happen, plus seeing Harlan Thrombey's character sympathize with her and love on her and be and actually kill himself to protect her mm. is just so, like it, it's a it's another level. Ryan Johnson added this other level to the Who Done It story. I've really I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a good ride. And then and then you're kind of. You, you kind of, if you're not paying attention, you kind of almost forget about it. But then the real mystery turns into who hired Detective Blanc? Right. Yeah. 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 And you kind of forget about that. And that's something, as I was watching this for the first time in the theaters, I kept going, I kept having to remind myself as I'm like putting everything together in my head, I'm going, okay, okay. So she did do that. She accidentally did it. She's not a bad person. It was an accident, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm going, wait, who hired him? Yeah. I have to like remind myself every few minutes in this movie. Wait, it's not all there. Yeah. We don't know who hired Detective Blanc and why he's there. Did you have any? Did you have any know. guesses for who hired him at the beginning? I thought it was Jamie Lee Curtis, mm. hands down, because um, she, you know, she, she was Daddy's little girl in this. You know, mm. she. It was very obvious she loved her dad, and um, she. We'll, we'll get to this when we talk about the scenes, but she was one of the few people that actually didn't have a motive. Um, right. everyone else kind of did, but she didn't. And so it would have made sense to me that she would have, she, she would have, she would have thrown out the money to figure out what really happened in hiring Detective Blanc. Right. That's a good thought. I thought, I thought it was Thromby. Really? I thought before he died, I thought that he, it was either, I suspected that he either knew that he would be killed. And so he hired a detective to investigate oh, his murder or he or he killed himself and he hired the detective to run in circles around this murder to teach his family some sort of lesson. I never suspected Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I never suspected that it was um I never suspected that it was Chris Evans that hired him. But I did suspect my initial thought was, oh, Chris Evans is probably the murderer because he's the biggest star in this movie right now. So he's probably the murderer. I don't know if he's the biggest, but, but he is one of the biggest stars in this, yeah. Well, I mean, Captain America, like what's what's a bigger star than a Marvel Captain star? America or James Bond? I mean I mean all time, if you're talking all time, I don't think people are going to remember Captain America for all time, but they'll probably remember James Bond for a lot longer. But if you're talking 2020, if you say who, you know, my I'm sure more people know Captain America. That's just kind of it's a household name right now. That's funny you say that because when I was seeing when I saw the trailers for this movie, the biggest name that jumped out to me was Jamie Lee Curtis, to be honest. Oh, same. Yeah. I was like, Oh wow, they got Jamie Lee Curtis in this? Oh, this is this movie has clout. 
That, that was like what I was thinking. Yeah, she, so that's she was kind of the poster, the poster child for the movie a little bit. Like they kind of, she was always in the in the in the foreground for most of the shots mm-hmm. where she would kind of turn around with her arms crossed and like look off into the sky or whatever. They were kind of like, we got, you know, this is a whodunit, and we got the quintessential screen queen with us here. So <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good ride. Uh, she she definitely really stuck out to this, and to me she was kind of the pole because I saw her I was like, oh wow, her Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, oh this is this is really right. good movie, and you know also like Ryan Johnson murder who done it let's let's go, yeah. um and um we'll, we'll we'll talk about when we get to the scenes uh let's let's go ahead and let's relax a little bit because I'm I'm going hundred my my heart is racing talk about this movie. I don't know about you man but I my the adrenaline is flowing let's relax right for now. a little bit. Are, Let's relax with a little bit yes. of drinking. Uh, what kind of drinky rolls you got? Let me you? tell you. Let me tell you. Okay, so first one is so obviously if you're watching a whodunit movie, regardless of you're if you're intentionally doing it or not, you're constantly thinking who's the killer. So every mm-hmm. time you have your initial like when you start the movie or even before you go into the movie, you have your idea of this is who the killer is. If you mm-hmm. change your mind to a different uh, killer, then you take a drink. You say, oh, no, actually, it's Chris Evans. Oh, no, actually, it's Don Johnson. Oh, no, actually, it's Michael Shannon. Anytime you change your mind, you take a drink. Um, I have... That's a good one. Whenever whenever somebody says uh, dad, whenever somebody oh? says dad, the word dad gets thrown around a ton. Um, Especially whenever Jamie Lee yes. Curtis is in the room, she she's about to say "dad" five times. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis a bunch, and Michael Shannon says it a bunch. The kids, obviously, um, but then the kids of the kids do too. So if anyone says "dad," take a drink. Uh, I also had <clears throat> whenever there's a flashback, take a drink. It's a ton one. of those. That's that's kind of you know there's a lot of those. So be careful with that one. Maybe every two flashbacks, take a drink. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie are the flashbacks. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, that's same, good same, same, same. Yeah. Specifically one flashback that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, All right. If And I, uh, when you see or want to see more of the grandma, <laughs> which many of you might just be chugging the whole time, but that's okay. <laughs> which, by the way, so she plays Chris Plummer's, Christopher Plummer's uh, gr- uh, mother, um, in actuality, Chris Plummer is six years older than the one Kay Callahan is her. Oh her my god! It's six years, but yeah, Christopher Plummer is technically older. Um, don't smoke. Don't kids. smoke, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, take care of yourself. Age quickly. You'll age quickly. And the last one. This one's my absolute favorite. Uh, finish your drink whenever Frank Oz enters into the movie. Yes, that was my yes. favorite. He opened that the doors like, and he was like, "Time for the will." And I was, I was like, "Rachel, that's Frank Oz. Rachel, oh, Rachel, I, that's you. Yes. That's Grandmaster Yoda. He's reading the will." I was so excited. I know. I was freaking in the theater. I was like, "That's Yoda. That's the Cookie Monster. That's that's Miss Piggy. the Cookie That's monster. like everyone that we. <laughs> you know, Ryan Johnson was like, "Hey, oh man, I need God. someone to read, uh, read the will." Uh, hey, Frank, can you do like? you know 15 minutes of screen time for me and he's like yeah uh yeah of course i can yeah i wonder if he was like no he's like hey hey look at me frank look at me i brought the puppet back i brought the puppet back you owe me this yeah i wonder if he was. i gave you a great payday 
Oh, man. Dude, that is a great rule. I, I was geeking out oh, when I saw Frank Oz. I was like, hell yes. It. Can we call that the Yoda clause? In any movie, whenever you see Frank Oz on the screen, you got to finish your the drink. Yoda the Yoda clause. clause. I like that a lot. I agree. Yes, if you see Frank Oz, finish your drink. Oh, man. That was just uh, great rules, man. Yeah. Great rules. That's a good one. You and I overlapped on one, and it's my first one, which is whenever we cut to a flashback. Yep. And I kind of whispered that like this was one of my favorite parts of the movie were all the flashbacks. I love that we don't open on the birthday party right. and just see everything happen. I love that we're seeing it through the memories of how everybody's retelling the birthday party. Right. Um, especially how, and this is kind of evident how everybody's kind of putting their own bias on mm-hmm. it. With uh, how, Whenever Jamie Lee Curtis tells a story... Her and her husband, Richard, are next to uh, Harlan Thrombey when he's blowing out his yeah. candles. But then when Walt tells the story, him and his wife are next to him when they're yep. blowing out the candles. It's just... Oh, that's just so That good. scene uh, was the moment that I realized that it was going to be a really good movie. Like, the, the right? biases of telling yes. stories where they are all behind him when he's blowing out his candles. I was like... this. I, my, I could feel my brain say, get ready. This is going to be a great, great ride. Yes, because then it kind of shows you, like, who can you really trust? Because right. it's that first glimpse of, like, you're seeing the everybody's kind of a poor historian at some point. Sure. And it's just, uh, it's so good. Yeah. And then it really escalates and brings a lot of heaviness to when Marta has her whole flashback during the coin flip that Detective Blanc does. And you see how she goes through how she accidentally how she how she thought she accidentally killed mr thromby and it's like oh wow she's honest yeah in my opinion i was like oh wow we could trust her and they also throw in that device of you know whenever she pukes she's telling a lie so which i thought was clever i thought it was fine um we'll we'll get more into some flashbacks in a little bit yes Uh, i'll continue on with uh chugging so (laughs) uh, my uh my second drinking rule was uh, whenever Marta covers up evidence. Mm. So we see her, she used the magnet to destroy the videotape of her pulling off to the side that was on camera. Yeah. Uh, we also see that <laughs> this this was like a very comical moment in the movie when she is, um, there, there are the mud tracks of her footsteps leading back to the yeah. house. And so she just walks all over them. She's like, what? Uh, Detective Blanc's like, Marta, stop moving. Don't walk. She's like walking closer. She's like, what? I can't hear yeah. you. And it's it, it, it's very funny. Uh, so it, that's another example. And also when she, in the night, she had to climb this wooden, what, what, what would you call it? It's not a ladder. It's a. Uh, like the, like it's, it's like an awning or something. Like it's, it's the thing that the vines climb up. I don't know. It's. Yes, yes. There's a word for it. We're too dumb. Tweet at us, swim on the rocks. Um, so <laughs> it's like those things you find in the she, vineyards, she climbs, like the the vines grow up. But I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So she's she climbs up this thing, <laughs> and uh, she she breaks off a piece of it, and there's that piece there. So she throws it, and the dog fetches it. You know, it's all funny, but you're seeing her cover up evidence whenever she can. And so I thought, you know, drink whenever she's doing mm. that. Um, I also had this thought that for the mud tracks, wouldn't shouldn't the shouldn't have the police spotted those already? I mean, because at this point in the movie, Mister Thromby is already buried. Yeah. So 
they've had at least a few days. Shouldn't they have scoped? I know it looked like an obvious suicide, and I'm not a detective, so I don't know what the normal protocol is, normal protocol is, but shouldn't that have already been inspected? I hmm, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, imagine how many times in their jobs that they have people who have either killed themselves or there's a crime or whatever. Like There's like a... I don't know, some sort of crime. They're police officers. They see it every day. And so I don't think they should, I don't think they often assume the worst in a situation. And so you kind of have this, Mm -hmm. this, this old Southern boy coming in and saying, I solve all these amazing crimes. And he's like, it's a murder. And they're immediately like the kind of the sidekick cop is like murder. And the main cop uh, played by, uh, yeah, Lieutenant Elliot. That's his name. Lieutenant Lieutenant Elliot and Trooper, Trooper Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. Lieutenant Elliot is like, no, it's a suicide. This is just normal police work. You don't need to. He's like, no, it's a murder. Mm-hmm. Let's go outside. And he's like, oh gosh, all right. Well, you know, you're the you're the boss, I guess. Um. So I, I yeah, I don't think that it's it's probably not protocol just to assume if someone's dead that it's probably murder because that's, I don't know. I can't imagine that's. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was something. It didn't bug me on the first time I saw it, but on the rewatch, I was thinking, "What did they have?" I mean, it's like it's right there. Right. It's just defensive. Def- I don't know. I don't it's know. a big I don't property. Know. I don't know. I, if I'm they not just a assumed it was in that one area. That he's got a lot of land. Very true. So I had. A, so that was my second drinking rule. Whenever Marta covers up evidence, yeah. my third drinking rule is uh, whenever the word Blanc or will or dad is said you could pick which one you want yeah. to play with uh personally i would want to play with blanc mm. so whenever his name is said or will or dad uh pick whichever one and drink whenever that happens um my fourth drinking rule whenever trooper wagner references or talks about or even fanboys over mr thromby's mystery yeah. novels because uh, they just happen to have like Mr. Thromby's biggest fan working the case on right. this, <laughs> which which was really funny because it was a funny stark contrast to Lieutenant Elliot, who was just like I've never read his books yeah. before. So it was just funny. Um, I don't know if you watched Brooklyn Nine. I love that show, dude. I love Brooklyn Nine. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and Trooper Wagner rem- reminded me so Boyle. much of yeah. Boyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was funny in this. He was a good cop. The one movie. who's like a cop, but you're kind of like, why are you here? Yeah, the whole time I was waiting for him to talk about some sort of gross cuisine. Yeah, dude, I um, love Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> so much. Captain Holt cracks me up. I quote him daily. The next Ryan Johnson movie should have. Andy Samberg, I'm saying it now. I'm in. Um, I'm in. So he, he needs he <laughs> needs to get into some more dramatic roles. He does all this comedy stuff, but he can be a dramatic actor. He's got good chops. Oh yeah, uh, I've I've never seen his uh, his dramatic uh, ability, but um, I, I saw his movie Pop Star yeah. recently. Cat had me watch it. That so movie's funny. hilarious. Uh, maybe stay tuned for a future huh. episode. Yeah. Um, drinking rule number five. It's only going to take me twenty minutes to get through <laughs> these. Um, drinking rule number five. All right, so my last drinking rule is whenever Marta's family's home country is mentioned, which is mentioned correctly slash incorrectly throughout the entire. What is movie. the correct answer? Uh, I don't know if we okay. actually know. I I'm not sure they actually say. Uh, the actress, um, uh, Ana de Amaras, she's Cuban, 
but I don't know if we actually know the real country of origin for her mom, but it's every, so Walt and Richard mentioned her, her, like you came here from South America. They always say some South American country and it's a different country every time because they, this kind of becomes, there's some political talk in this about immigration and everything. And you can, you kind of see some people's true cards in this. Um, Yes, and Ryan Johnson said that he really didn't mean for this to be political or for it to he really didn't even get inspiration from the last election at all. He said he's like, you know, th- this movie was coming out around Thanksgiving, actually came out on Thanksgiving, I believe. Um and he said, you know, I you know, I wanted to be realistic and, you know, what are these people talking about after a few glasses right. of wine? What are these rich thromby in-laws and rich thromby kids what could they be talking about after a few glasses of wine with uh with family members and he thought you know it, it's true so um so yeah so so that's why mm. that's kind of in there um which to me i thought i was like okay this is like i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say the word fun but I was like, okay so 10 years from now i'll watch this and be like okay yes that's that is a political conversation sure. that happens but then they make some very obvious, you know, uh, our our leader's an asshole was a line thrown in there and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, this kind of dates this movie a little bit because everyone's going to be like, oh, they're talking about this right, president. Right, right. So, um, which I was kind of like, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. Uh, not not because I think one way or any other, just because like, oh, gosh, they're kind of Yeah, it's like bit. it's like if you see an Xbox um, in, in like in the background or whatever, you're kind of like, oh, okay, gotcha. I know around which decade this takes place. But I mean, there's like smartphones in it, which I guess smartphones are probably going to be around for forever for the next, you know, for the next yeah. 150 years till we just think our text messages to each other. Yeah, right. And there's even Meg is smoking a jewel uh, the first yeah. time we see her. And I was kind of like, oh, God, I hope we go, oh, yeah, I remember when we smoked jewels. I really hope that's what we're thinking sure. 10 years from now. Uh, they're horrible for you people. Don't don't smoke yeah. them. Um, but <laughs> anyways, uh, now that you've uh, – a couple of lessons from <laughs> uh, Let's uh... – <laughs> you're, so, you're so brave uh, to tell the crowd not to smoke. Oh, hey man, yeah, hey, they've been yeah. trying to get people um, to stop smoking for a long time. Cigarettes are still very much a thing. I was actually talking to somebody about this at work, and they were—he just everybody knows the context. The person who I'm talking to sure. is 18, and he was saying that like, oh yeah, they were saying that like my generation was about to eradicate smoking because you know everybody grew up thinking that was gross and disgusting, and then the jewel came out. Uh, so everybody yeah. thinks it's safe. Actually, scientific papers show that the flavoring themselves are harmful to human cells. Uh, mango is the worst. Banana is the safest. No kidding. Um, but I'm getting into my own personal life. I'm a research scientist. I'm sorry. No, I love. No, I love that. That's so. Uh, wait. So why why is mango worse than banana? What about mango? Is it just like a thicker kind of like? We don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Um. Exactly, but because uh, you know these these flavors and these the these juices or whatever that they're putting into these nicotine refillable uh, refillable pods, they're not tested. Oh wow! And so some people, some scientists, it's and there's all of these reports of young people who chronically smoke these jewels are coming showing up to ERs with stomach problems and lung yeah. problems, and it's it's 
it's debil is debilitating for some people. And of course, all this depends on your genetic mm -hmm. risk factors. But um, they did some testing in in vitro, which means um, in vitro means uh, not in a living body. They just had like the cells sure. in the petri dish. So they had these human cells in the petri dish, and they they only tested them with just the flavor extracts, like the mango, the banana, the strawberry, wow. what have you. And mango, which is actually one of the more popular flavors, was toxic to wow. human cells. Um, it, it's called cell viability, and the cells didn't have viability. They couldn't divide and reproduce Dang. healthy cells when treated with just the flavoring of mango. So, and then, of course, there's this high level of nicotine that's in there, and that's a yeah. whole other ballpark. But I'll get off no, my No, that, dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, that's a conversation <laughs> I was having the other day of just... Uh, how i mean for the longest time people kind of the the i mean marketing is everything gotcha. and i know back whenever you know cigarettes were were being marketed to people again in like a lot of people in poor poor uh neighborhoods and it was this kind of aspect of like it makes you cool the stars do it it's the same thing with ray-bans like ray-ban sunglasses were cheap 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 cheaply made shades but you get frank sinatra to wear them and everybody wants ray-bans so it's like for the longest time they right. were, yeah. you know, I mean, Ray-Bans even today, I know aren't like, there's not a ton of money that goes into producing them, but they're still, oh, they're, they were Frank Sinatra's sunglasses. They're, you know, the famous people of the 50s sunglasses. So everybody wants to wear them. Yeah, dude, marketing. I mean, you can sell anything to anybody. Wow. All right. I'll get off my soapbox. I about smoking and all that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, 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 everyone. I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a research scientist first. All right. So let's talk before we get into the yes. scenes, Levi. I kind of want to talk about I know we've we, we've kind of already delved into what's so cool and fun about this movie. There's some more things yes. I want to dig into before talking about the scenes. Please. If that's fine with you. Hmm. The house. This house oh is magnificent. And I love that we open up on a slow-mo shot of this house with mm. the fog and the dog, I guess this is a scene, not so much an element, but the dogs running across and there's fog in this house and there's leaves and the, oh, the score, oh. the music in this movie is so, it's so, who, great. who did, and who did the score? Dude, it is Ryan Johnson's cousin Shut was the up. composer. Nathan Johnson, he is awesome. He's done other movies with him. Obviously, he didn't do Last <laughs> Jedi, but um, I think he was involved with Looper and uh, one or two other movies that Ryan Johnson's done has done. But if you follow me on Twitter, y'all know I've been raving about this soundtrack. It's I'm all day. I'm like reading and writing for work, and it's just such oh, good wow. background music, and it's just so much fun to listen to, uh, especially the thromby. Uh, the Thromby family theme, the piano solo, oh, it's so good. This this, and so, I love the house. I'll get back to that before I read about the music. <laughs> this house is great. This house screams, yeah, murder, mansion, mystery, and this is a real house actually. In no Boston. way. Um, it is, and what's really cool is that everything is shot in that house. The only things that aren't shot in that house are when you're like you're in the interior are um, the library. The library was actually in a different house, and Mister Thromby's attic where him and Marta are playing Go. That was a set. 
because the actual attic in the house that they found was just too small sure. to actually shoot in. But that's a real house, and it was decorated the way you saw it. They only added a few things. They didn't add too much to that house. That's just how it's decorated. This is like my dream house. This yeah. House is, is does it awesome. have? Is it owned by like somebody super well known, or is it just some rich tycoon that's like, I've got this house. Do you want to use it, Ryan Johnson? I I honestly don't know who who's the owner, but um, it it, it is someone's house. Um, and it and Ryan Johnson felt that he wanted to do this. He wanted to try to do this in an actual location instead of a set right. as much as he could. And the actors even said that they, the actors even said that they loved the house so much that once they got done shooting for the day, they all just hung out in the house for the rest of the day and they all got to bond and know each other. And the producer even said the biz, the biggest waste of money we spent on this movie were the trailers because nobody spent time in their trailers, but you know, of course they're required That's hilarious. to do that, to provide those. But yeah, they said every, as soon as they got done, they all chilled <laughs> out, hung out in the house. And just got to know each other. And it's a cool house. I could see myself, dude, you and I sitting there with a cup of coffee oh, just yeah, talking. Dude. Hey, oh. once, Man, once that's, we that's start getting to the point where we have like some sort of revenue that we can put into this podcast, we'll buy the house, we'll just set up mics in the house, and we can just, we can do it in the house. It'll be great. We can, it, the echo oh, in like of, of all the, the wood and it'll reverberate and it'll be beautiful great acoustics all it's gonna be great we'll have our little mugs that so what what does the mug say in the movie i already forget my my house my rules my, my house coffee. my rules my coffee we'll each we'll have a film on the rocks brand my house my rules my coffee mugs that we can drink out of. <laughs> so this house is just awesome you know it screams like i said this looks like something from an agatha christie book it's awesome yeah um, and that's when I kind of knew I was like, wow, this movie is different. Yeah. As soon as we saw the house and the music drop, I was like, whoa, this is a true, an honest whodunit. So this you knew it was a good movie within awesome. the first like two minutes. Oh, absolutely. I was like, cause I, you know, going into it, I knew it was a whodunit, but I was like, oh, you know, they're going to modernize it. It's going to be a little, it's going to be like a 2019 or 2020. Yeah. Who done it? It, it, it? it is, but it's still, you know, minus cell phones and minus emailing, it's it, honestly like this could have happened in almost any decade. Yeah. You know, just about it, with decade with cars. Sure. So it's it's great. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyy that a lot. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll back off a little bit. What, what sort of things about this movie uh, did you like uh, that we haven't talked about yet? I mean, we already talked. My favorite part about this movie is probably the birthday cake scenes, like the the different, mm-hmm. chan- like all of the flashbacks in general, but specifically the moments where we go to the birthday cake and we kind of see them being like, "Oh, I love my father so 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 very much." I can't remember this. I I, I don't know if I'm remembering this incorrectly. Whenever Marta has a flashback, does she picture herself with him by the cake? No, no, she doesn't. Okay, uh, that yeah. So he, she's the only one that doesn't have these like weird motives to be like, I'm around him all the time, blah blah blah. She's just like, I'm his, I'm his mm-hmm. nurse, and he gets lonely, and so we hang out together. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it's the flashbacks are the probably the best part of the whole movie. Um, the interview process and getting to getting to know, uh, Detective Blanc's character and his interaction with the other people. I just mm-hmm. love it. Also, you said the house, love the house, specifically the time 
that they spend in the study. I really like that scene where we finally get to Ooh. see Marta and um, Mr. Thromby together playing that playing a you know the board game and about to do the medicine and he's kind of like mm. he's about to lose and he shakes the board and whatever and yes oh yes yes and i felt like that was our first clue was that because miss uh El- El- i'm sorry I'm, I'm derailing you no you're uh, good. lieutenant elliot one of my favorite scenes was lieutenant elliot giving uh his notes on everybody's whereabouts during the the night of the murder and because this was again one of those flashbacks you're drinking here um and because he talks about how uh joni she heard a a thunk and but we see that go board and we go that doesn't sound loud enough you know and later on we see detective blanc test that theory he goes he he, he can see the wheels turning in his head going that's not loud enough to cause a yeah from up there so that was like to me I'm probably I'm probably missing stuff. I'll admit to that. But to me, that was like the first clue. I, I like got. I was like, oh, interesting. Oh yeah, that was yeah. He was he was on it from the beginning. But that whole time in the study is just sweet because we get to see Marta and his relationship, and the process. And he de- she definitely doesn't show any sort of favoritism to him. He is stupid rich and stupid mm-hmm. like his his influence is incredible. But she kind of just treats him like any other old man. She's like. But, like, in a sweet way. I'm not saying, like, in an abusive way, but, right, like, a right, sweet way where right, she's like, yeah. oh, you idiot, come here, take your medicine. No, it's time for you to go to bed. No, I'm not going to – you can't trick me. I'm going to – I'm not playing another game with you. You have to go to bed. Stop being an idiot. Like, just the sweet – it's very much like a like a grandfather-granddaughter kind of relationship, and it's so sweet. And even, like you were saying, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, she clearly, like, at the end of the movie, we see her – find the note from her dad and like kind of see it and smile and do the invisible ink. Like they clearly had a very close connection. She was in charge of a lot Mm. of, uh, his, his business and, or no, she started her own business. Uh, All this stuff, like they, they clearly had a good relationship, but she still kind of had this selfishness about her where she was just wanting to kind of take, 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 even if she loved him. I don't know. Marta's, Marta's love for, for Thromby was very genuine and very, very real. And I like, I like that a lot. That's a very good note you had about J.B. Lee Curtis, kind of like this take, 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 take. Um, and it wasn't so much that she was taking stuff from her dad because she, it was very clear that she was self-made. Right, right. And it wasn't Richard. It was her. Yeah. She was a self-made. I think she was a real estate agent. Is that I think so. Yeah. Um, but she... She was self-made, and it wasn't so much of, like, the will. She was, like, wanting to take, take, take. She was just like, I deserve this because I'm daddy's little right. girl. He would have left me this. Right. You know? I've been such a good person um, and so loyal to him that I deserve this money. I've worked hard. What's the point of being a good person if I don't get rewarded for being a good person? Right. Yeah. And that's actually kind of one of the, the messages that I kind of got from this movie. It was a lot this theme of deserving mm, what you deserve. Mm. And Mr. Thromby was in his last uh, official will uh, rewriting. It was very obvious that he thought that Marta was always very kind to him. She was a friend. He was she was somebody that he could just talk to through stuff. Right. And, you know, and with her, you know, he discovered that Richard was cheating on his daughter uh, Linda, and that uh, Joni, uh, uh, daughter-in-law who was married to his. 
uh, late son. She's been kind of double dipping mm. in his allowance to his granddaughter Meg for college. And Walt just can't. And these are all like the motives that people have. And Walt just can't get. He, he has no autonomy. Yeah. He has, you know, he, he works for his dad, but his dad won't let him sell rights to Netflix and other movie studios to, 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 you know, to make movies and make shows off his books. And everybody feels like that they deserve a piece of this. But Mr. Thromby thinks that they should all try to be self-made and not be so reliant on him. But Marta is very deserving because she, she hasn't asked for anything. Right. And she, she's just been a kind friend. Uh, any uh, any other scenes that uh, you you really liked from this? I know that we've talked about some. That's that's most of mine. It, it just time in the house was just so so good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, yeah. The, and when it starts to evolve into the the kind of the suspected criminal running away, I I, I enjoy mm-hmm. that transition. But essentially, that's the you know I've. The birthday cake, the interviews, the interviews by itself are just amazing, and getting to watch oh, yeah. uh, uh, Detective Blanc kind of go through his go through his motions and say, "Well, this is the next thing. What do we have? We have a motive now." You know, him going through all this stuff is is, is really really <laughs> fun. And honestly, I I, I kind of went back and forth on whether I thought Daniel Craig's accent was good. There are moments where I was like, "That's so bad," but then there's some moments where I was like, "You know what?" <laughs> I kind of believe it. I can roll with it. But overall, I think he did a great job. You're like, I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Um, I really loved the tavern scene that we got. So this is after the reading of the <gasps> yes, will. Yes, yes. And the whole family's freaking out that Marta is getting literally everything. Uh, fun fact about that scene, when everybody's kind of chasing her out of the house, and everybody's kind of like yelling at her in the driveway, that was not ADR. Uh, that was... Because uh, th- they did have the actors come in and re-record lines, so that way it's like you know clean and crisp and everything. And Ryan Johnson didn't like it; he thought it sounded too too clean almost, and he, he just didn't care for it. So when he played the actual raw audio, that's what that's what's in the movie. He said he thought that was a lot better. Um, and then you know she uh, ransom comes up and you know saves the day almost, and kind of gets her. And they drive off to this tavern and they talk. And I thought that this was really good because this is where the movie flips to. You've seen Ransom as this prick pretty much. Yeah. And you're seeing him be sympathetic and help and be like, all right, I'm going to help you. Nobody's going to find out about this. Just just give me my cut of the inheritance. And you're kind of like, okay, maybe I like Ransom. Right. Maybe I can trust I him. I really enjoyed the scene. I was always a little suspicious. Uh, the motivation made sense, but just... I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. It's kind of in those, like in those uh, detective television shows where they're trying to figure out the bad guy, and you see all the starring people, and it's like guest starring um, Jim Carrey. I don't know. I just any pick an actor or an actress. Jim Carrey. You're like, ah, yes, that is the murderer. That is the criminal. You know, <laughs> quite obviously, the one person that's not there or the biggest star. So I, uh, you know, I was always skeptical of Chris Evans. But whenever he got arrested, I was like, okay, maybe he's not. I don't know. I, I was always skeptical. But the scene in itself, just in the pacing of the movie, I thought was really good. Because those are those scenes where it can so mm-hmm. quickly, the action can just stop. And there's, it, it just, right. there's, it's a hard, it's a hard slowdown of the, of the movie. But 
it didn't. It didn't slow down. It kept the pace really well. It slowed down enough for you to actually breathe, but it it kept the movie yeah. going. So I was I was impressed with it. Fans of Film on the Rocks obviously enjoy a great download. Here's another. Substitute Angel, the multiple award-winning novel by Timothy Best, is now available at audible.com. While driving home in a snowstorm one night, paramedic Doc Watson hits a deer that runs across the road. At least, he thought it was a deer. It actually turns out to be an angel, sent to prevent the murder of a young woman in the small northern Michigan town where Doc works. Now injured, she can't complete her mission, so she recruits a very skeptical Doc to intervene to try to save the young woman's life. But in the process, his life gets sucked into a whirlpool of danger and startling realizations. In Detail magazine wrote, Timothy Best weaves a touching tale evoking belly laughs and sobbing tears of joy that most novels only dream of producing. Substitute Angel is available in paperback, ebook, and now in audiobook. Substitute Angel by Timothy Best. Downloaded on your audible.com app today. And now, on with the show. Oh yeah, yeah, it was really good. And again, you know, it's this Ryan Johnson. He keeps flipping yep. things. You know, you know how the crime happened. Here you go. You're flipping. Okay, maybe we can trust uh, Ransom. And also, is it is it too on the nose? Was this kind of a hint the whole time that our killer's name is Ransom? Right. Uh, <laughs> especially when she. When Marta got that letter in the mail saying, I know what you did, and it's the photocopy of the toxicology report, and then they say, I got this letter in the mail with no ransom, I was thinking, wait, what? No ransom? He's the ransom? I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I'm pulling at strings here, but there's something there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the last scenes I'll talk about, uh, unless you have more, is that... Um, and I talked about how I really liked Michael Shannon in yes. this, and that I thought he his acting was yes. great. Where I felt that he really uh, shined in this was that when Marta was actually checking the mail, oh, and yeah. he comes down the hallway, and he's threatening her is what's happening, yeah. and just this whole shot is great. You know, they're they're really emphasizing the the thud of his walking cane, and he's inching towards her, and mm. he's you know, your mother came here illegally criminally he it's funny he or it's not funny but he corrects himself but in a more harsh way your mother came here illegally i'm sorry criminally mm. oh yeah i thought i mean he's he's so good at putting a sinister air on everything he says mm -hmm. i really enjoyed his his back and forth with uh christopher Plummer. i thought him the son dad dynamic they had like kind of in the corridor where they're talking and he was like yeah. he was like you know what i'm gonna you know what? I've been coddling you, so I'm going to let you do your own thing. And he was like, are you firing me? And he was like, no, no. Like that whole conversation yeah. I thought was really, really good. Michael Shannon has this great ability to go from the person who's kind of looking down on you to the person who's looking up at somebody else. It's It was really, really right. good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that was really highlighted in the, 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 the interviews uh, with, uh, uh, Lieutenant Elliot in the library, especially between Richard's story and Walt's story, of that because Richard says, "Oh yeah, uh, 
that Harlan really gave it to him. He he came back whimpering like a little puppy. And then he cut to Walt. He goes, Richard said, what? That's not what happened. And so, yeah. it, again, you know, everybody's trying to tell the story to where they sound like the, the good guy. Mm. Um, yes. Although I did have some sympathy for Walt. Uh, it, it, I think it was like in the beginning of the movie where he, he comes up to Marge and he says, don't worry, we're going to make sure your family's okay financially. Yeah, yeah, I did too. He said that and uh, the daughter said that. Uh, who was the daughter? Meg. Meg. Yeah, Meg said that. Yeah, those people, I was very, I was like, yeah, maybe there's some goodness in their heart. They're not awful people. They just are kind of selfish. Before we move on to our sequel discussion, yes. um, one last thing that I want to talk about that I really loved about this movie and we need to give a big shout out to the costume designer, Jenny Egan. Yeah. She nailed this, I thought. That was actually something that, like, it rarely, really, I notice something like this to a point where I'll go, wow, that this is good. But just, you know, the the New England sweaters that Chris Evans is wearing. Yes. The coats people wow, are wearing. Yeah. And the glasses. And, and um, this was, she nailed this. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson talked about this, and he said that when he talked to her, he said, hey, I really want these people to look so unique that they look like a character card from the Clue board game. Right. And that's exactly what she did. Yeah. And it's it has to be acknowledged. Jenny Egan knocked his out. I agree. I think that shout-out is very well-deserved. Plus, the texture of the, of, the, of the camera in and of itself, there's almost this... I'd, I'm sure everything he did was intentional. There's almost this fuzziness to it, not visually, but I think just the way that it's kind of this mute, not muted. They stand out, but it's it's not harsh on your eyes, if that makes sense. Like yeah, they're yeah, unique. Yeah, exactly. They're unique, but it's not making your eyes hurt. So it almost feels right, yeah. a little bit muted, to where it kind of is this welcoming, like cozy fire presence but the personalities kind of i don't know there's just this balance in the feel of the whole film that makes it it's, so appealing especially in this house like yeah. how do you make people stick out in this house that's decorated so chaotically but with purpose it's chaotic but with purpose it, that's good it's 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 so good i don't know i'm, I'm fanboying I'm, i am fanboying <laughs> over this movie i just just whoo um, yeah, this is the this is the real like really the first who done it that I've ever watched. I've heard great things about a bunch of other there, movies, so I I enjoyed. I'm I'm gonna seek out other who done it after this. There are others we need to do. We got to do Clue. Mm. That is Tim Curry just going a hundred miles an hour. Yes. Um, and that one's honestly it's more of a parody on Who Done It, sure. more so than a like a true Who Done It, but it's still a lot of fun. And there's an older movie that we got to do with uh, Alan Guinness in it, uh, Obi Old Ben Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Guinness, I believe it's called. Yes, thank you, Alec yep. Guinness. Um, I believe it's called Death by Murder. Uh, we we got to investigate that at some point. But whodunits are a lot of fun. Agatha, actually, Agatha Christie, her book, um, and then there were none, yep. was the first book that really got me into yep. liking books, to be honest. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in school, you're always forced to read these novels or whatever. And I hate being told what to do. I really do. And this was the first book that I had to read for school. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can't put this down. 
So Agatha Christie is just great, and she she developed this whole genre oh pretty much because yeah, and and then there were none. I believe that was kind of the the book that really sent the Who Done It idea off into she has lots of popular ones that's that's definitely one of them you know she has murder on the orient express i think like right murder on the links she has several several novels that i'm sure yeah just just spiraled all this into existence oh yeah rachel rachel death on the nile is a big fan of her as well yeah oh that's awesome Uh, that if we ever do an agatha christie adaptation we gotta have her on Oh, for sure, yeah. I I know I'm going to go back and I'm going to be like, hey, so what is the best Agatha Christie book? And she's going to be like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. <laughs> I, yeah, I should have I should have had all this information from her. But yes, so I'm definitely, I haven't even seen Murder on the Orient Express. I, I haven't either. Ends, so I need uh-huh. to go watch it. It's got Daisy Ridley in it, so. Daisy Ridley, you know, Johnny I, Depp. I've heard that movie's yeah. weird. I've heard that movie's really weird. But I've, I've heard the book is great. That movie specifically is odd, but. Uh, I like odd. <laughs> uh, before moving on to sequel talk, uh, yes. was there anything that uh, did I did I skip you on message of the movie? Was there anything you wanted to add, or uh, did did you get a chance to speak your piece on that? I think a little bit. I think Ryan John, like you said, Ryan Johnson wasn't intending it to make it super political, but I think it kind of turned out that way. At least the way that I the film kind of concluded is you have all of these. Uh, at least I believe so. All these white Americans that kind of live the American dream, and this, uh, this immigrant girl or like the daughter of an immigrant, I guess, and Marta, who is makes her way into this family by being a nurse, by just being a caretaker, mm. and she is, it kind of the the message being, you are valuable even if you are not born in this country. You are still you still have value even if you are not a born American, and I you know and and Thromby sees the value in that, and because you know there's just this talk of being like yeah you're so grateful to be in America, huh, Marta? You're so like yeah we you, you have refuge here, like totally. What's it like? Isn't it so much better here? And there you know there's this talk and the you know again the politics of it all, blah blah blah. Her being valuable for the fact that she has a kind heart and a good soul, and she genuinely cares for Thromby, not because she's an American, but because she is a person who is kind and who's good, who just happens to be an immigrant. Well, yeah, she she's the... I think she's actually born in the U.S. It's just her mom that's an immigrant, but yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah but and, this and again, kind this of, whole thing is yeah. that she's trying to protect her parents because right. if detectives have to look into her, they're going to look into her family, and then all this would come up. Totally. Yeah, 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 well, if true. you're the child, if you're the child of an immigrant, you were also born into a less than ideal situation just based on the system that we've kind of created for ourselves here in America. So that's, right. she's also, that's the, you know, kind of a part of that system. But yeah, she's she's a super sweet person and definitely deserves to hold that mug over all their heads. And even so, has every right not to give them any money and still in her kind-heartedness, I'm sure she's going to help them out. Yeah, I think that was evident when she asked Detective Blanc what she what she should do and he says, "I have my own opinion, but I think you're you have a better heart than I do or something something of that extent." Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I could definitely yeah. see her helping out the family. Um yep. All right, so let's talk about sequels. So mm. it's come out that there actually are going to be sequels of this movie. I don't know if you saw, but Ryan Johnson has said oh. that he would like for this to be a franchise. And cool. Not and 
not us following the thrombies, but us following Detective Blanc and just him solving mm. mysteries. So, yes. and he said that's kind of like how, and again, he's thinking like Agatha Christie here, uh, how, you yeah. know, we're following the same detective in some of these novels. We're following the same detective here, uh, Detective Blanc in these different movies. Yes. So, just based off this movie, yeah. should there be a sequel? I think there should be. And I I didn't know that they were going to make sequels, but I was all for another one if it's going to have that same kind of feel as this one. I And I said, it's so funny. This is going to sound like I read something, but I didn't. My one caveat was I want to follow Detective Blanc around solving mysteries. Okay. Uh, so this is, exactly, this is exactly what I would want. So yes, absolutely. Uh, if Ryan Johnson could put the same heart in the rest of them as he did this one, I'm totally in. Uh, but I would love for them to be unique. I don't mm-hmm. want I don't want it to be like oh it's it's uh, knives out except it's got a, a different kind of skin like it's, it's a different house yeah yeah it's a different house or they're different people or they're different whatever like it needs to have a completely different flavor you know to to, to it in order you know I don't want to just experience the same film all over again. But if he right. can do that and make it unique, which is, you know, easier said than done, I'm totally in for a sequel. What about you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to agree with you that yes, I want another se- I want a sequel in the terms of following Detective Blanc solving more crimes in this Ryan Johnson created world, but I'm done with the Thromby family. Um Sure. I and I agree with you. It should be different, you know. It shouldn't be just as uh, it shouldn't be another murder mystery house unless there's if we get another one i won't be upset because i just love looking at these but yeah. <laughs> i think you know let's let's not do a cruise but you know let's have somewhere with water let's let's go somewhere where there's a waterfront let's let's yeah. let's see some yeah you know let's go on a boat let's let's let's, let's do something yeah. a little bit interesting and different but if it's as complex and you know you're still you can, it's still possible for you to pick up the clues like I thought it was in this. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and especially if it's another star-studded cast. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Dude, something on the waterfront sounds awesome. There, there's yeah. your title of the movie: Something on the Waterfront. Ooh, yes, I love it. That's a good one. Uh, Bef- before we stop, I forgot. I don't know why I forgot about this. The scene where. Uh, uh, Chris Evans grabs the knife to try and stab Marta and it's the fake knife. Yes. And it's the callback to Thromby's comment that they wouldn't know a real knife from a fake one. Mm-hmm. The callback was so yeah, good. That was good. I I thought yeah, it it just the it was the ribbon on top at the end. I thought that was a really, it really you know cuz it's a lot of people might think it's cheesy that it's a fake knife and him kind of like still poking her like seeing it. But I thought it was great. I thought it was a good ribbon on top it, for the flavor of the movie. It was good, and honestly, it, it had me fake. It faked me out for a good second because I thought oh, it was for like, sure. oh my god. And then Cat was like, "But he said that he couldn't tell the difference between a movie prop and a real knife." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> oh, she and, said that while it was happening. Yes, yeah. Cat. Oh, Cat was on top. She is. She is so smart. Yeah, she was just oh, for sure all on top of it. And um, but yeah. So yeah, no, that was definitely a good point. Um, and while we are uh, kind of going back to like last minute thoughts, um. One one last trivia fun bit for everyone because everybody loves trivia. Uh, Ryan Johnson said that one thing that he loved about doing Knives Out versus Star Wars was that he could actually do uh, test screenings of this. Well, you can't do that for Star Wars for obvious right. reasons. 
So he said that it was he said it was awesome to see all the jokes were landing, people were getting it. He said that one thing that they learned that they had to do through these test screenings was that so one of the clues in this movie is that the dogs bark at strangers and they bark at uh, ransom. And that was one of the things that Joni heard in the night was the dogs barking. So that was kind of yeah. like a clue that ransom was there. But he said that originally they had more of that. That was more forward. And he's and the test audience said that as soon as the dogs barked at ransom, as soon as he showed up for the uh, reading of the will, they all instantly knew it was him. So he yeah. said, okay, so we learned we had to back off of that just to right. like keep the uh ambiguity of it so yeah so little fun fact about that here's a fun fact to to bounce off of that before we go the the detective series that marta's sister is watching in their room uh or in their home i should say the Mm -hmm. voice of the detective is joseph gordon levitt that's what i thought that's awesome yeah he's credited with that so looper for ryan johnson full circle to knives out all works out ban Fantastic. Fantastic. I, Looper, a good movie too, by the by. <laughs> I enjoyed Knives it. Out. It's available now uh, to, to buy. Go go get it. Watch all the bonus features. This movie is amazing. 10 out of 10. 100% would recommend. I agree. It was. It's a nice change of pace from the world. We, we, we live in this world of, of uh, universes and uh, series like this, you know, the Star Wars universe and the you know, we just got done with Harry Potter, the Marvel, Marvel all over the place, DC, all of these just roller coaster rides. To have something that is fresh and is new and you can just sit through and it's not like what happened before this. It's just a movie by itself. You go in, you don't need to know anything. You leave with something new. It's something special. It's a twist on a classic theme of who done it. I felt I left refreshed. I felt like I had just like right? it was a it was a breath of fresh air for cinema because everything I mean, you know, hot take, but everything feels so copy-paste nowadays. Like, I love Marvel movies, and I went to every Star Wars premiere, but I am just so glad that someone like Ryan Johnson is like, you know what I'm going to do? Something that was my idea that I created, and I'm going to I'm gonna make, put it out into the universe and see if people love it. I, I, I don't know. It was such a, yeah, I can't, there's no better phrase than Breath of Fresh Air. I really, really enjoyed it. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> my house, my rules, my mm. coffee. Yes. This is Levi and I's podcast. This is Film on the Rocks. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Mm. Leave us a review on iTunes. Email us at fotrpodcast at gmail.com for movie requests and comments. You can find us on Twitter at Film on the Rocks and on Instagram at Film on the Rocks Podcast. It's been a lot of fun, Levi. Oh, yeah, it has. Y'all keep an eye out for our podcast, our, our down the road. We don't know when it's coming, when we do it in the Thromby Mansion. Keep an eye out. We'll be in Boston at some point. We're going to make I it happen. Wait. We'll make can't it happen. Wait. I'm going to wear the thickest sweater. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Want to give a quick shout out to a podcast that I've been really enjoying listening to. It's a new podcast 
uh, called Just Another Night. Uh, it's three guys, Toby, Idris, and Curtis. They kind of just talk about video games, TV shows, comic books, movies, superheroes, kind of all things sort of nerdy, nerdy and things like that, things that Levi and I really enjoy. Um, you can find them on Spotify, Just Another Night, and I love how they always start their episodes with a funny hypothetical question, and these those guys are hilarious, so go check them out, Just Another Night on Spotify.